0: You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org.
1: We had an incredible week of pouring into our families here at church. We had anywhere from six families to 10 families. And uh, what we're going to do to kind of just recap, uh, you'll see some images. I'm going to read out of Ephesians 6. Out of Ephesians 6. And uh, this is the passage we covered with the kids and the families. And uh I tell you what, I, I, I really don't understand why we haven't done this sooner. Nothing at all against VBS. I think it's, it's wonderful. And honestly, I was saved through VBS. And so that is wonderful. But in this day and age, there's such a separation and a disconnect from mom and dad, grandma and grandpa and the kids. And we as a church are that conduit to help parents and, and grandparents and those around the next generation to disciple them and lift them up. And so that's exactly what happened Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night. And so we're going to start with uh, uh, verse 10. And you'll see the images in just a minute here. Here we go. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, y'all. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. That you may be able to withstand in the evil days, and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows or darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all saints. That is what I truly believe was the seed planted inside families. And when we, 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 we took this passage into three chunks, and I tell you, when I got to pray in the spirit at all times, I asked the kids, what does it mean to pray in the spirit? I almost hit the floor. One of the youngest kids here raised his hand and I was like, oh no. And you know what he said? You pray what Jesus tells you to pray. Praying in the spirit is praying as Jesus would speak. Isn't that incredible? And so I just believe that we're going to see results from this. I do want to thank Amanda Lawson. Amanda, are you out here? No, she's back in in eKids, but... She did an incredible job, and all of our volunteers who showed up, um, I think our volunteers had as much fun as our families, and so uh, kudos. Yeah, let's give it up for our volunteers. Do you hear that awesome sound of rain? Yeah, I was thinking about this yesterday. I didn't know it was going to rain today. And I was thinking about it yesterday, and I haven't mowed my lawn because I don't want to cut it too short to where it's going to burn, right? And I was just thinking, Lord, is this just, is this just you letting us know that our lives are dry if we really don't have the rain of your spirit pouring out, which is available at all times. It's not just when it decides to pour. It's available. We have all of the spirit within us. It's available, How dry do we go until we're like, God, I need you? So I pray today that the spirit would rain on our hearts today. He would do wonders from heaven here as he pours his spirit out. And this summer, starting today, this summer, we're going through a series called worship. It's a very creative word creative title for a series worship well that's what it is it's worship and so this month the month of june the subtitle to that is why say why why, why is always the explanation of where we're going or the purpose of what we're doing why can be a word on the scr- like nails on a scratch board to parents right We get why, 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 why. They want to know the reason of what they're doing. Does it have meaning? Does it have purpose? And what do you expect, mom or dad, of me from this? That's why they say why. And so if... Our design as followers of Jesus, sons and daughters of the Most High God, filled with the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead. If our design is to worship God with our life, don't you think we should know why? Well, we're going to this month, we're going to look at why we worship. It's important to understand the why. If not, it's very easy to get caught up in religion of religious activity or duty. And worship was never intended to be religious activity. It was called to be a relationship with God, responding to God's greatness. In the month of July, we're gonna look at what is worship? What does the Bible say worship is defined as? Because that's really important. If you don't know what truly you're supposed to do, how are you supposed to do it? And the word of God from front to back is filled with definitions of worship. And then the last, the very last month of August, we're gonna look at how we worship individually and corporately. If we are called and designed to worship, we need to understand why, we need to understand the what, and we need to understand the how. And I don't think we have a slide for it yet, but I do want to just plant a seed of excitement and expectation for the end of August. We are starting something new that has been a vision that God has given me probably about 20 years ago and that is in our creative worship movement, we want to develop events and environments that draw people to encounter God and experience life change. And so what we're going to do is we're going to do something called One Voice Worship Series. Our goal is about three times during the year, we are going to have worship artists Two of them probably will be very well known artists um, who are on radios and uh, they commit their life to sharing the gospel of Jesus through music. I don't know if you heard of the group, their son of Goth- gospel, Bluegrass, and I know it's very popular here. Have you heard of the group called the Isaacs? They are coming on August 20th here to lead our community in worship. And what we're, what this, the purpose of these three events throughout the year is to not only lead ECC into worship. We wanna fill this entire building of everyone in our community, every church is invited. We want to see God unite the churches in this community. Yes, we wanna see the lost saved, but guys, is the lost really gonna be saved when the church isn't united? And so we need to unite together. Eventually we may even see if the Lord wills and moves, we may see an amphitheater on our side property and we do this throughout the year. So plug in your calendar now, August 20th, the Isaacs. Here's the thing, (laughs) amen. Honestly, I've seen them in concert five times and they are better live than they are in recording. They are incredible and they're gonna lead a night of worship Oh my goodness. Okay. I got to stay focused here. So anyways, we want to make this an outreach. And in order to make this an outreach, every ticket to this concert, which is normally tickets are usually anywhere from 25 to $60 is going to be free, free, free. We are taking a portion of the ties that come in. We've always said this. We're going to take a 10th A 10% of all the ties that come in and put it towards outreach. So that is going to be a chunk that comes out of that. But we're also going to take a love offering at each concert. So we want to make it for free, but 400 seats are our limit. So when uh, the tickets go open online, you're going to have to get a ticket in order to get in, okay? So I'm done with that, but August 20th and all that to say, we're going to focus on worship this summer, okay? So with that being said, watch this short video and then we'll get into God's word.
0: do we worship 1st Chronicles 1623 sing to the Lord all the earth proclaim his salvation day after day declare his glory among the nations his marvelous deeds among all people For great is the Lord, and most worthy of his praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth So why do we worship? We worship to place adoration on who God is in our lives. He is love. He is peace. He is joy. He is the reason that we worship.
1: I have a love-hate relationship with the Dollar Tree. I do. I love it because it saves me some money and you can get products cheaper. I hate it because the products are cheap most of them, and I get one use out of them, and then they break. And my love-hate relationship goes to, it's really difficult to teach my kids how to save when they always want to go to the Dollar Tree. They want to get toys, more toys, for their money. And I try to tell them every time, Joseph, Emory, you could save that up, for about a month and go to Meyer and get something so much better that will last you more than two days. Amen? Amen? I can't tell you how many Dollar Tree items we have scattered through the house that never get used anymore. And when the kids, I hope they're not, well, Joseph's in uh, E-Kids, so we're good. Uh, and the kids don't know, but when daddy cleans the house on Mondays, a lot of the Dollar Tree items, either thrown away or in the goodwill bin. So, but, but you, what I'm trying to teach my kids is value. A twenty-five. yeah, that's, that's my hate relationship too. They've gone up, it's not Dollar Tree anymore. It's a point two five tree. Change your name for goodness sakes. But anyways, I'm trying to tell them that just because it's cheap doesn't make it a value. Just because it looks good and it's a good price doesn't make it valuable. Because we need to understand that value is not connected to necessarily the dollar value that we put dollar money on. There's so much value that goes beyond money, agreed? I think a lot of times, the less we have, the more we value. The more we have, the less we value. And so today, worship is all about worth. It's what you give the highest worth to. If you're going to give the highest worth to saving up your money so you can then divide it into dollar bills and go to the Dollar Tree and get half of what the store provides, you think you have value, but you have what the Bible calls a dung heap. (laughs) It's temporary. There is no real value in that. But our worth as spoken in Shakespeare, William Shakespeare's day, the old English word of worship was worth-ship. Look it up. They called it worth-ship. Why? They broke worship into two words. The first is were, which the old English word means to assign worth to someone. So you're literally placing the price tag of highest worth on someone or something. The word ship is driven from the Old English word, which actually means someone with power, dominion, authority, and position. Worth, ship. That is why we have to be very careful in what we worth ship today because if it's not God at the highest place in our lives, we are committing idol worship. What you value most is what you worship. We have a worship problem. A lot of times we in America worship food. We worship the dollar. We worship status. We worship reputation. Step on our toes, we worship ourselves. And it's very easy to do in America, and I'm gonna step on some toes, but we worship our children. We worship things that were never designed to have the highest value. And what you value most, friends, is what you will worship. And if it is not God Almighty, creator of all things, you are worshiping something you were never designed or created to worship. And so worship is all about giving the highest honor and praise and glory to the only one who is worthy of our worth-ship. Look at Psalms 96. It'll be on the screen. And you see this word, ascribe. That Hebrew word actually means to see, right here, to understand, right here, and to acknowledge. To see with your eyes, Jesus called it the gate to the body. To understand with your mind. And to acknowledge with your heart, which the Bible tells us to guard at all costs, for it's the wellspring of life. To see, to understand, and to acknowledge the Lord. To see, to understand, and to acknowledge the Lord, O families, of the peoples, To see and understand and acknowledge the Lord glory and strength. To see and to understand and to acknowledge, verse 8, the Lord of glory due to his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness and tremble before him all the earth. That's worth-ship. Now, after defining just a little bit, in the month of July, we're gonna go deeper into what is worship. But I just wanted to give you a definition so now we can kind of approach the pathway to the why. Worship declares, can you say declares? Declares. Worship declares and displays, say displays. Worship declares and displays what we put at the highest worth in our lives. That's why understanding the why is so important. So we're gonna look at three reasons why we worship. And they're all centered around that word worth. Who is worthy of your worship? Number one, in order to understand God's worth, we need to understand our worth or lack thereof. So number one, our worth apart from God. We all know about the fall of sin. We were one and united with God before it. Afterwards, death, meaning separation, not the end, death, separates us from God. So now, apart from God, we are absolutely worthless. It is true. It's not a lie. You are worthless when you are without God's grace. You are. There, you have no worth Don't believe me, let's look. And again, if you are following Jesus and you are an adopted son and daughter of the most high God and the spirit of God lives within you, this is not you anymore. You have the highest worth because Jesus is in you. But we're talking about our worth on our own. Look at Ephesians 2. Verses one through four, if you have your Bibles, turn to it and keep your thumb there because we're gonna come back to Ephesians two. It says this, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins. You were dead, say dead. You know what that word dead means? Remember, it's separated. Dead means you were separated from the worth and the worthiness and the holiness of God. So you were dead. Dead. In which you walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, Satan, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. Like the rest of mankind, apart from God's grace and salvation work, we have to understand we have nothing to bring to God. We have nothing. Look at Isaiah six, it's not gonna be on the screen. Isaiah six, during worship, the Lord led me to this. Isaiah six, Isaiah six, it's after the Psalms. Isaiah six, verse one, listen to this. So in the year of, of, that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord, Isaiah, sitting upon a throne. This is very much reflected to what John, the beloved, saw in Revelation, okay? And he says this, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood seraphim, each had six wings two covering his face and with uh, with two he covered his feet and with two he flew and one called to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called and the house where Isaiah was was filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me. For I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the Lord's glory. We need to understand that apart from God's grace, we have nothing. We have nothing. We have no worth, but God saw the worth that we have in him. And because of that, he sent his own son to die. That is why we worship, is because we are worthless and not worthy of his grace, and yet his undeserved favor is lavished upon all of us who say yes to Jesus. That is grace, that's why we worship. If you don't feel like worshiping and you can't enter your mind into worship, just think about the worthlessness you were in and the worth that Jesus put on you when he died on the cross. So our worth apart from Christ and now our worth in Christ is unbelievable. It should cause us to fall on our faces and worship God for saving us. Number two is the kingdom of God's worth. The kingdom of God's worth. It is the priceless treasure worthy of everything. But the key is you have to see it. You have to understand the kingdom of God. And once you see it and understand it, you will give up everything for it. That's why it's so hard, parents, to see your children be that prodigal. They tasted and see of God's goodness. They saw it, they tasted it, and now they're wandering away, spending their life on worthless deeds. When God is so worthy of praise, it's because, mom and dad, you've experienced it, you've seen it. And you can't turn away from it. It's because when you understand God's worth and God's glory, you will give everything, just like the woman with the alabaster box that understood Jesus was the high and lifted up Messiah. And she broke a year's worth of wages at his feet. We see Jesus refer to the kingdom of God as that priceless treasure. Let's look at it in Matthew. It's not on the screen, but it's in Matthew chapter 13. Would you turn with me? It's the first book of the Gospels. So it's after Malachi and it's before Mark. And if you have your phones, it's a lot easier to find. Matthew 13, starting with verse 44. This is Jesus speaking about the kingdom of God. Now, yes, he came to deliver us from death and sin and bondage so that we could be united and adopted with God. Okay? He did that. But he also came to bring the kingdom of God. And it's not complete yet until Jesus returns and we go with him and he deals with the darkness on this earth. But this is the kingdom of God he talks about. Verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. You have to find it. You search for it. Which a man found, he found it in the field and he covered it up. Why? Shouldn't he have just taken it? no, it wasn't his. It was in a field that he did not own. It was a field that he did not purchase with his own money, sweat, and blood or inheritance. It's not his because the land doesn't belong to him. Jesus is saying something about salvation right there. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, what does he do? He sells everything and takes all his possessions and buys that land so that he can have that priceless treasure. When you see the treasure for all it's worth, you will give up everything just to have that treasure. Goes along with what Jesus was saying as if you want to follow me, You must deny yourself, sell everything that is represented of the sinful life and buy salvation, which only is bought by the precious blood of Jesus. But you have to sell your life away. Bury yourself, your flesh six feet under to then receive the blood that was bought for your sins. It's a priceless Treasure, He goes on in verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. Who on finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold everything he had to buy that one pearl. The application of this is quite simple. Once you understand the priceless treasure of God's amazing love manifested in Christ's sinless sacrifice brought to us through the Holy Spirit living inside of us. When you understand the priceless treasure, your life will change because you will give up everything you once knew to have the treasure that is now available to you. Have you given up everything for the kingdom of God? And I think as we go through life, God will continue to reveal to us the things that we have not given up to lay down for the priceless treasure. When you understand the worth of the kingdom of God made available to us today from the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, when we understand that we can wholeheartedly say, you are worthy of all my praise, And yes, we're not going to get it right all the time. And that's where we keep coming to the foot of the cross. One of the biggest messages from Family Fight Night is when you don't know what to do and you're in a battle and the enemy strikes, what do you do? Volunteers, if you were there, can you shout it out? Run to the cross. Run to the cross. And we were marching down here and the enemy came with a black flag and some really ugly enemy guys that were throwing balloons, water balloons at us. And we were marching and marching, and all of a sudden they say, we're being attacked, run to the cross. And all the families ran as fast as they could to the cross where they were protected by barricades and bins full of water balloons to launch at the enemy. It was awesome. But we need to understand We need to run to the cross because that's where the kingdom of God and the hidden treasure of God is found. That's why Jesus said, don't store up treasures that are gonna rot and be eaten by moss and rust, but store up in your heart treasures in heaven. That means what you value most, what you give the highest worth, will be evaluated in heaven and rewarded or not rewarded. The kingdom of God is so worthy of our worship. And number three, we need to understand there is no higher worth than Jesus. Jesus is worthy of it all. And I love it sometimes when I get to preach and all of a sudden the Lord, the Holy Spirit just gives me scripture. I just wanna read scripture to you. Let Let it speak to you. Let it be planted in you. Look at the worth of Jesus. And then afterwards, you tell me if anything else comes close to the worth and the value of Jesus Christ. Colossians. 2, 21 to 23, and you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy. Excuse me, it should be Colossians 1. Do you have Colossians 1? I'm reading the wrong one. Let's read it here. So Jesus, is this Colossians 1? Let's go to Colossians 1. Colossians after Philippians. Colossians 1. Colossians 1, verse 15. Colossians 1, verse 15. Let me read this to you. He, meaning Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth. That means Jesus was never created, he is Lord. He is the creator. That's why other religions get it wrong. Jesus is Lord, he is God. He is the creator on things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things, say all things. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning. He is the first created. Not that he was created, but he was before all things. That in everything he might be preeminent. This is the sovereignty of Christ. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by his blood on the cross. Ephesians 2 Says, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive with him together in Christ. By grace, undeserved favor, you have been saved, raised up with him, and seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2, 5 through 11, have this mind among yourselves that is yours in Christ Jesus, that though he was in the form of God, didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he humbled himself. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Here it is, therefore... God has highly exalted Jesus, bestowed on him the name that is worthy above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Anyone else getting this? And every tongue will confess and every knee will bow that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Revelations 5, 1 through 5, John is saying, then I saw and the right hand of him who was seated on the throne, Jesus, a scroll written and on the back sealed with seven stamps of wax, sealed. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open these seals? What these seals represented was the salvation and the restoration that was designed and purposed to the people of this earth, fallen and broken under the prince of the air and the curse of sin. There was no one else that could open that seal because no one was holy. No one was worthy enough to do it. But, and I love the word, but, and I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy. And one of the elders said to me, me, weep no more, behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, Jesus Christ has conquered so that he can open the scroll and begin the restoration process of all mankind. And no one in heaven and the earth or under the earth was able to open the book or to look into it. This shows the total inability of angels and humans to bring the will of God. Rebellion has affected us all. A creation cannot help itself. No one is worthy, but Jesus is worthy. We see in verse nine of chapter five of Revelation, the angels, the heavenly hosts sang a new song. They sing a new song and they sing it saying, worthy are you, Jesus, to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and every nation and every language. And you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God and they shall reign on the earth. Is there anything or anyone more worthy than this? This is what the new song produced. This is called the five-fold description of the new song we see in Revelations 5. Look at this, this is what they're saying. Your substitutionary death, why substitute? It's your death. He took your place. Substitutionary death, his redemptive price paid. You have been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. Substitutionary death, redemptive price paid. Number three, you purchased, he purchased men from every nation. We were also made, he he made the believers a kingdom of priests. When we come to Christ and are filled with his spirit, we are a priesthood, a royal priest. What do priests do? Worship. They worship God for who he is. And number five is those who are bought with the substitutionary death. Say that three times fast. Redemptive price, purchased from God, made As kingdom priests, we will reign with him forever and ever and evermore. And we see now in verse 11 of Revelation 5, band, you can come on up. Then I looked and I heard around the throne, just close your eyes for a minute. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and wealth and authority and wisdom and might and honor and glory, and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, to him him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And they all said amen, and they all fell down and worshiped him as we prepare to place our highest value and worth on Jesus. I wanna first just read these lyrics from a a newer song by Phil Wickham. it's called Worthy of My Song. I really encourage you to listen to it, let it sing over you. But it says this, when I sat by that hospital bed you were worthy when she barely could lift her head you were worthy after all those tears we shed you were worthy I'll never stop singing your praise and in the blessing. And in the pain, you are worthy. Whether you say yes or no or wait, you are worthy. Through it all, I choose to say you are worthy. And I'll never stop singing your praise. And when I finally see your face, I'll cry worthy. Above every other Name. You are worthy. I miss one, and when you wipe my tears away, you are worthy above every other name. You are worthy. I'll never stop singing your praise. We give you our worship today, Jesus, because you still deserve it you are worthy you are worthy you are worthy you are worthy of my everything and we lay our lives down as a sacrifice today of worship
0: thank you for listening to our weekly sermon If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.